Now tonight I'm going to minister a message called to be covenant conscious, to be covenant conscious. And uh, we'll go ahead and receive the offering at the end of the service. But how many of you know that we have a covenant with God? And blood covenants are nothing new. But they have their very beginning in the book of beginnings in the Garden of Eden. You know, Adam and Eve committed high treason. They sinned. And we understand what happened. In Genesis 2, the second chapter, verse 7, it says, And the eyes of them were both opened. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Now, so God saw this. He knew very well what was taking place and, and what was going on. I'm getting a little echo, incidentally. Um, and so he saw it and he, he seized the opportunity to teach them a very important lesson about blood. In Genesis, the second chapter and the 20th verse, it says, Then the man Adam named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who would live. Now notice verse 21. In verse 21 of Genesis chapter 2, in verse 21, it says, And the Lord made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Pay particular attention to that phrase. And the Lord made clothing from what kind of skins? From animal skins for Adam and his wife. So here's what happened. An innocent animal was killed. God then accepts its blood in substitution now for a temporary covering for their sin. You see, this was the first time that Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve had ever seen death. And God wanted them to know that there was a penalty that must be paid for their sin. And so these fig leaves, how many of you know, could not hide sin? And so blood was required. God clothed them in animal skins, and it was a reminder that blood had been shed. Not only did they learn an important lesson, but I believe that Adam and Eve uh, transferred that to their sons, Cain and Abel. Now, we know in Genesis chapter 4, in verses 1 through 5, so follow me as good as you can, as I see we don't have scriptures tonight. So if you have your Bibles, in Genesis chapter 4, in verses 1 through 5, And Adam knew his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she bare his brother Abel as well. And Abel was a keeper of what? Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground as an offering unto the Lord. But now notice what kind of offering that Abel gave. In verse 4, let's read it together. Ready, read. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. Don't you know that Abel brought the very best of the flock? I mean, you can just picture it. He brought Fluffy up there. And he gave God his very, very best. 
but blood was shed. In verse 5 it says, But Cain and to his offering he had no respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. We find later that Cain actually killed his brother Abel. But the thing I want you to see is this. Abel's sacrifice was accepted because he didn't approach God in his own goodness or in the work of his natural hands, no, but he brought a blood sacrifice. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. And so the book of beginnings shows with us blood covenant. And then we move over to Genesis 17 and we see then the blood of a man was required as part of the Abrahamic covenant in circumcision. Now notice with me in Genesis chapter 17. And I'm going to go ahead and read verses 1 through 10. In Genesis 17, And when Abram was ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. In other words, I am El Shaddai. I am the God who is more than more than enough. And whatever you need, I am that I am. And I will make my, everyone say covenant. I will make my covenant between me and you. And I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face. And God talked with him saying, As for me, my covenant is with you. And thou shalt become the father of many nations. And neither shall thy name any more be called Abram. But thy name shall be called Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful. Everyone say, exceeding fruitful. God, through his blood covenant, makes men and women like you, praise God, exceeding fruitful. Praise God. And I will make nations of thee, and kings are going to come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee, and thy seed after thee. Glory to God. Aren't you glad? If ye be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed, and you are an heir according to the promise. Praise God. Verse 8, And I will give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession. Say everlasting possession. And I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou, and thy seed after thee in their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. So we see the blood covenant there. Blood flowed through that circumcision. But oh, I'm so glad that our circumcision is not according to the flesh, 
Our circumcision is of the heart. And you know, Romans chapter 2 brings it out very clearly. In verse 28 and verse 29, he says, For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But come on, verse 29, read it with me. Ready, read. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Whoo, glory to God. And so we track this covenant right on through the book of Genesis. And it is ongoing and ongoing through Abraham's seed. Now, there was a time before you were born again and I was born again. There was a time that you and I were without a covenant. But notice with me in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 11 and verse 12. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Verse 12, that at that time ye were without Christ. We could say we were without a covenant. Being aliens or foreigners from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. And as a result of being a stranger from the covenants of promise, having no hope, having no hope and without God in the world. As we look around in these days in which we live, we can see and we can identify people just going through the motions of life. They have lost, many have lost their hope. There's hopelessness abounding even in the San Francisco Bay Area. And we can track it back to one thing for sure without a covenant. And even those that have a covenant, if they don't know their covenant rights and privileges, they can just kind of cruise through life without hope as well. But not you. Not me. Not you watching tonight. We serve the God of hope who's filling us up with joy and peace and believing. We're abounding and we're bubbling over with a God kind of hope. Amen. Woo, glory to God. So we were once strangers from the covenants of promise. Without Christ, we had no hope. But oh, come on, folks. Read verse 13 with me. But now, but now, right now, in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off, we are made nigh by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so our covenant was ratified by the blood of Jesus. You and I are a purchased possession. We are a people of covenant purchased by the blood. And in verse 19 it says, Now therefore, we're no more strangers. We're no more on the outside looking in. There ain't nothing outside about us. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. He is the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Somebody says, what are you into today? I'll tell you what I'm all in. I'm into Christ. He's into me. Praise God. No more strangers. No more hopeless days. No more floundering around. 
We are no more strangers and foreigners, but we are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Let's raise our hands and thank him. You at home, just raise up your hands and just thank him. Glory to God. We're not outsiders, we're insiders. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because it wasn't by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood that he entered in once into the holy place and he obtained an eternal redemption for you and for me. Now, one of the things that I got in my heart a few weeks back was we as a body, the body, part of the body of Christ, we must become covenant conscious or covenant minded. Now, we're going to see some verses along that line. In 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 15, it says, But be ye mindful always of his covenant. Be mindful. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Be mindful. Think about it. Of his covenant. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. Other translations say it this way. Always remember his covenant. Being covenant-minded means to become word of God-minded. To be covenant conscious means to have his word, his ways, and his plan as final authority in our lives. Think covenant and apply covenant promises to everything and to every area of your life. God's word is his covenant to you and to me. In John chapter 4, our chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, it says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Hallelujah. All things were made by the Word. Aren't you glad? And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Woo! Glory to God. God's Word is His oath. God's word is his bond. God's word is his covenant to you. And there's life in the word. And there's light in the word. And life will drive out all death. Therefore, we can boldly say in our pathway is life and there is no death. Because I'm in covenant with the covenant-keeping God, I declare that my path is straight. I'm going to walk in it and the life of God is forever, ever a part of my life. God's word is full of light. What does light do? Light dispels darkness. See, the Bible says God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. That's one of the first messages that I heard even before I met Brenda when I was up in Minnesota, uh, and Jim Kaysen was my pastor. And boy, I tell you what, they've just loaded me up with tapes. I know a lot of you out there don't know what tapes are. But they loaded me up with tapes, uh, tapes by Brother Hagen. And one of the, the key albums that I got, cassette albums, was an album by Kenneth Copeland called Absolute Life. And oh, I'll tell you what, 
I'd lock myself up in that house and I would just devour the word and the revelation that absolute life and absolute light was working in me. And there was no more death for Mark Thomas. And there's no more living in darkness because the light and the life of God has driven it out. And that is a part of our covenant. Glory to God. And so God's word is his bond. It is his promise. And it is his oath. And did you know that it is impossible for him to lie? He's not a man that he should lie. Over in Hebrews 6 in verse 18. Now I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. Hebrews chapter 6 in verse 18 says, So it is impossible for God to lie. Glory to God. For we know that his promise and his vow or his covenant will never change. His word doesn't change because he doesn't change. He said, I am the Lord your God. I change not. When you go to bed at night tonight and you look at Matthew eight seventeen, where it says himself took your infirmities and bare your sicknesses, I'll guarantee you what every time you wake up, whether five, six, seven, eight, or nine, you look at Matthew eight seventeen, and it'll say just the same thing. He does not change. His word is forever settled in heaven. Glory to God. Reading on. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. I like that. That's a good place to hide. We're hidden in him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort. For he empowers us to seize or to take or to receive what has already been established ahead of time. Oh, glory to God. It's done. It's finished. It is established. And bringing to us what kind of a hope? And bringing to us an unshakable hope. Amen. I have hope. My hopes are high. My hopes are high for you. My hopes are high for you watching. My hopes are high for those that are in the hospital tonight. We don't want to say names, but we, we know of people that are in hospitals in different states and even in this local area. Our hopes are high because we have faith in a faithful God. And so we send the word of the Lord right now into your room. We send the word of the Lord to minister strength and to minister health. We thank you for the quickening power of the Spirit of God. Lord, we declare the anointing over our loved ones, over our church family, in the mighty name which is above every name. Now let's lift our hands and give him praise. Ha <laughs> ha, glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Mm. So everything we could ever need is covered by our covenant with God. In Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, we'll look at that in just a moment. 
But anything that God has promised in his word is his covenant with you. It is a guarantee. No matter what people say, today is the norm, the new normal. I'm not normal. I'm not believing for a new normal. I'm believing for a new revival. I'm believing for a new supernatural intervention of God. Amen. How about you? I'm not going to let anyone normalize me. I haven't been normal my whole life. And now that I'm born again, I'm really not normal. I'm a supernatural being created in the image and likeness of God. And so are you. Glory to God. Supernatural beings doing supernatural works in the earth today. Hallelujah. No matter what people say is the norm or what a lot of people are experiencing, you and I, we're living on the victory side. It doesn't always look like it. It doesn't always feel like it. Sometimes it doesn't even smell like it. (laughs) But you and I, you and I, this bunch here, we're living on the victory side. Amen. And for those of you that are watching that you may be feeling a little bit defeated, praise God, please come join us. Take the words that you're hearing. In previous broadcasts and in future broadcasts, take it. Let it dwell in you richly, praise God. And God will bring you out and he will bring you in to a great victory through the blood covenant in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verses 2 through 4, it says grace and peace will be multiplied to you through the knowledge of this covenant, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord, according as his divine power has given to unto us some things. No, he's given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called you and I to glory and virtue. Now notice the rest of this. Whereby are given unto us, not just great promises, but is given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Oh, I'm glad he added exceeding great. We serve a great God. What other kind of promises would a great God have? But exceeding great and precious promises. And the more precious this word is to you, the more you honor it, the more you value this word, and the more you deem it as precious to you, it has the power, glory to God, to cause you to escape any corruption that is in this world through lust. Think about it. What is corruption? Corruption is an absolute opposition to your blood covenant. I declare to you tonight that there are things that are corrupt that should not be corrupt in our lives. I declare sickness and disease is corruption. I declare lack is corruption. I declare that uh, uh, depression is corruption. And through the exceeding great and precious promises, he delivers us. Amen. So what are you saying to us, Pastor Mark? Find in the scripture 
what your covenant says. Find one of these exceeding great and precious promises or a bunch of them that covers your case. If it's healing, find the scriptures. Find them. For they are life unto those that memorize them. No, they are life unto those that find them. Familiarize yourself with the scriptures that cover your case in healing. Familiarize yourself with the scriptures that cover your case for peace of mind. Amen? Or whatever you're facing, there's a promise in this Bible right here for whatever you may be facing. So we do not want to face life without this. Amen? This is precious and so very important. So as you find the scriptures, then think on them, meditate on your covenant promises, pull away, find a place, and just bask in his glorious presence. And just bask in his glorious word. And live a life of praise and of worship. It's amazing what happens when we come aside. One person said it this when I've taught this to, to spiritual leaders. We need to come apart so we don't fall apart. That's what Jesus did. He came apart. He went into a desert place. So what do you say we set aside the time to let these precious promises dwell in us richly? Now, I tell you, something good will happen when you do this. Notice with me in Psalm 25. Psalm 25 and verse 14. And we're going to look at this in the Passion Translation. It says here, there is a private place. Sound familiar? What is that private place? I submit to you, it is the secret place. That place of communion. That place of fellowship. That place where the Holy Spirit begins to show you things. Gives you direction for your life. But also gives you revelation of things you've never seen before in scriptures you've looked at for years. And so, he said, there is a private place reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. Folks, do you suppose there's more to see? Do you suppose there's greater understanding that we can have? If that's you, raise your hand. I'll raise both my hands. Now, I really like that, but I also love how the Amplified Version says this verse. Notice this. He said, The secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have they who fear, revere, and worship Him, and then He will show them His covenant and reveal to them its deep inner meaning. Jim Caseman showed me that verse many years ago. What a powerful word. I'd like to bring it up again, and I want us to 
let it saturate in us in a little bit, okay? Let's read together. The secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord have they who fear, revere, and worship Him. And He will then show them His covenant and reveal to them its deep inner meaning. Glory to God. Deep's calling unto deep. Amen. And you know, this isn't something that's difficult to do. This is something that's really easy to do. You know, I mean, it's easy to to watch a couple hours of television, isn't it? Certainly it is. Well, it should be also easy to spend time with Him. Amen? So find the Scriptures, believe them, speak them, and then act on your covenant rights. When you believe it and you say it, you activate the covenant in your life. I said it earlier, I'll say it again. Apply covenant to everything. How many of you know that our God, say it with me, our God God. is a covenant giver giver. and our God God. is a covenant keeper keeper. and our God God. is a covenant covenant performer. performer. Giver, Giver. keeper, performer. So let's give him something to perform. What is he watching over? He's watching over what? His word to do what? To perform it. Praise God. He is more than willing to put on a well-timed grand performance for you as you apply what you hear and act upon it. Now, let's look at Psalm 89. We're getting down to the end of the message tonight. Psalms 89. And notice with me in verse 34. Psalms 89, verse 34. This is God speaking to us. He said, My covenant will I not break nor alter or change the thing that has gone out of my lips. The New Living Translation says it this way, No, I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I said. Prepare a lane, I'm ready to run. (laughs) Glory to God. Let's look at that verse again. No, I'll not break my covenant. I'll not back, I'll not take back a single word that I said. He don't talk out of both sides of his mouth. Amen? And we don't have this up there tonight, but the CJB says this. But I won't draw, I will not withdraw my grace from him or be false to my faithfulness. I will not withdraw my grace from him, neither will I be 
false to my faithfulness. In other words, he's a covenant-keeping God. He's faithful to his word, and he will never, ever back off. He cannot be false, for he is the truth. He is the truth. A lot of people talking about, well, this is my truth. And, you know, what is your truth? Well, this is my truth. It doesn't matter what your truth is. If your truth doesn't line up with the truth, you better change truths. Hey. (laughs) Anyway. My truth. A lot of people's truth is mixed up. A lot of people's truth is based on what someone taught them when they were little you know and so we want to make sure that we get into the truth the truth will set us free he said in john 17 he says sanctify them or separate them through thy word thy word is truth so if we want to find out the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth Not the word of a politician, but the word of the eternal living God. I might just have got a thumbs down there on YouTube. I don't, I don't know. Watch out for that, Mish. Glory to God. Somebody shout, thank God for the truth. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall what? And what will the truth do? It'll set you free. It'll make you free. Whoa. Make you free. In other words, things that have people bound, when the truth comes along, they are made free. Truth bullies up on lies. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And so God will not alter his covenant. As a matter of fact, he's ever mindful of his covenant. Look at Psalms 111 and verse 5. Psalms 111 and verse 5. He has given meat unto them that fear him. He will ever be, what? Mindful. Did you know that you are on his mind? You were on his mind when he hung on the cross. But you are on his mind right now. He is mindful of his covenant. He is looking throughout the whole earth to show himself strong to his covenant sons and daughters. He's mindful of that. I'm telling you, he's working on some things right now for you. He's working. Sometimes you can't see it. But he's working. I got this word in my heart, Sabrina, on the way in. I don't know what it all means, but just came to me as I was driving in. Some good things are on the way. Good things. Praise God. Let's give God praise. Some good things. Good things. Some God things. Glory to God. Amen. Let's rejoice. 
And we ought to say, yeah, me too. Glory to God. Amen. Good things. Good things. It's scriptural, you know. Surely goodness and mercy going to follow us half the days of our lives. No, thank God, all the days of our lives. And what are we going to do? We're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Good things. I speak good things over all of you. Speak the goodness of God over you. I speak the glory of God over you. I speak the glory of God. I declare His goodness and His glory over you that are watching tonight. In the mighty name which is above every name, we declare His glory. We declare His goodness. We declare His blessing in your household. We declare His goodness. We declare His glory in the San Francisco Bay Area. Glory to God. We declare the very atmosphere of heaven filling all households in every nook and cranny of the Bay Area in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Shout with me tonight. Help a preacher out. Let's give God the glory. Woo! We declare it. We declare it. We declare it as we sang earlier, even greater things. So he keeps every promise he makes He's the promise giver, keeper, and performer. The last scripture tonight. Psalms 105, verse 8. Guys, you can come back up. We'll receive the offering in just a moment. Psalms 105 and verse 8 says, He has remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to how many generations? To a thousand generations. Praise God. So, That's the message. Be covenant conscious. Amen. Give give God something to work with. Praise God. Oh, Father, we thank you. Let's just stand up for a moment before we receive the offering. Let's just thank him for what we're hearing, what we've heard. Glory to God. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Father, I thank you right now that we can speak a word of grace over each individual in the house tonight and over those that are watching. Thank you, Father, that you said, even in the midst of a trial, in the midst of turmoil, that your grace is sufficient for us. And so therefore we glory and we rejoice together tonight because God is moving and he's on the move in our lives.